Welcome back to the Pine Hills Church Podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors at Pine Hills Church. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We're starting a new series called Basics, where we're looking at just the basic things that we want people to begin to understand and to grow in as we gather around Pine Hills Church as a community, as we gather around the practices of Jesus, and as we begin to serve the city through missional living. We want people to understand in the series what it looks like to encounter God's love, to learn the story of the scriptures, to find freedom in Jesus, to know their identity in Christ, to begin to practice the way, and to serve others through missional living. And so today we're looking at what it looks like to encounter God's love. And I think we can all agree that we all have a deep-seated need for love in our lives. And as followers of Jesus, we're convinced that the only place where we can actually find fulfillment for that is in God. And so we, we find out who God is in the scriptures. And from the beginning of the story of scripture, we see this thread in the narrative that runs throughout all of the scriptures. And that thread is a God who loves and longs to live with his people. Even in the brokenness of life, God longs to meet us in the broken things to help us to find healing in him. And it breaks his heart that so often we run to other things to find healing. And the clearest articulation of what Jesus has done for all of humanity is in a verse that has been plastered on coffee cups and t-shirts and even on the faces of some football players. But let's not lose the significance of this scripture. Let's drink deep of the verse again. And if it's your first time even hearing of this verse at all, then that is even better. But we're going to look at John 3.16. And I think even people outside of the faith can usually quote it because they've heard it or they've at least been around it in some sense. But it says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into this world, but people love the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. And so we see in this verse that, that God so longs to, to be with his people and to love his people and to free them from the brokenness of life, that he, he's actually not wanting to judge us. He's wanting to extend forgiveness and grace to us and so it's it's our responsibility to accept the gift that's actually on offer from god he's the light that has come into our dark world but oftentimes we are we feel more comfortable in the darkness or we run to the darkness to try to find that sense of love that we're looking for that can only be found in the light and so the challenge is as we begin to understand who god is and the love that he has for us we need to understand this concept that that he sends his son and Jesus comes to live this life we cannot live. 
and he shows us the way of the kingdom of God, and he shows us the character and nature of who God is. And so if you want to learn more about that, read through some of those gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just discover the life of Jesus and start to get around those concepts and get get these things into your heart and life and begin to just kind of wrestle with what that looks like in your own life. Um, but even, even other authors in the Bible talk about this love. Paul in Romans 5 says that we rarely see someone willing to sacrifice their life for the sake of someone else. And when we see rare glimpses of this, it is always because the person was good enough to make the sacrifice actually worth it. But Jesus does something vastly different. And we see that in John 3, 16, something so different. He gives his life for people who aren't good, who are hurt and who are broken who have looked to all the wrong things to find what can only be found in Jesus. And in anger, disappointment, to feel love or to numb pain, as we humans have done unspeakable things, things that we would rather be covered up than exposed, Jesus sees all of that and he gives his life anyway. Paul says in Romans 5, 8 through 11, here's what he says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, while we were still far from God. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still enemies, will we certainly be saved through the life of his son? So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. I want you to get this. We are made right with God by what Jesus has done for us. We are free from the dark condemnations that surface in our minds or in our anxieties in the middle of the night. We can rejoice because there is life in the life of Jesus and through practicing the way of Jesus. Titus 3, 4 through 5 says, When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior because of his grace. He made us right in the sight in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. And so there's just so much even packed here that in his love and in his kindness, he chose to save us, that we could be made new, that we don't have to be under the condemnations of our minds or the anxieties or the things that even Satan, the one who's anti-God, trying to rip us away from life and truth, the things that he tries to accuse us of, we're free from because of what Jesus has done for us. And so we see the work of God who's created all things and Jesus the Son who's come and given his life for us. And the Holy Spirit is this thing that's hard to explain. He's this mysterious person that connects us to the life of God. And so when we give our life to God and we begin to have this faith walk we're united into the community of god the family of god and his spirit dwells within us and connects us to who he is and continues to lead us into all truth it's such a beautiful relationship it's a beautiful thing it's that fulfillment of love it's a freedom from the past that doesn't have to define the future we get to live out this whole new 
life. 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Life that doesn't end. That's a beautiful thing. Verse 10, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and that he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So this is a work that he's initiated, that he began, that he has offered to each and every one of us. And this matters because we live in a culture that says that we have to measure up to some kind of really difficult to define standard in order to, to receive love from other people or other things. And God is saying, I loved you so much first that I gave my life for you. And so just accept the thing that is on offer from him. So how do we respond to the love of God after beginning to, to understand what some of this looks like? First, first know that Jesus extends the offer to people to follow after him before they have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just got to know that God is real and God loves you. And there might be lots of questions along the way that we can talk and begin to wrestle out as we begin to talk about what it looks like to center life around Jesus, around the thing that actually brings life and hope and healing. But for now, like, what do you do? Like, how do you respond to what God is even doing right now in this moment as this ordinary moment is becoming very sacred and very real with the tangible presence of God? Well, first, I, I want you just to encounter the love of God, to open yourself up to experience his love and his grace. You could do that now, and you could do this every day. If you've never prayed a prayer before God before, I just want you to find some space alone quietly before him, or maybe later as you um, have space to do that. Find this quiet space away from everyone else where you can kind of quiet sit before God. First of all, recognize that God's with you and God loves you. Bring yourself to awareness that he's been bringing you into this relationship for a while, revealing who he is over time. But you should get to come before him to recognize that he's with you, that he loves you, to open your hands like you're going to receive something because God has so much to give to you. If you feel like there's something that's separating you from God, you could just ask for forgiveness for that. Oftentimes we try to find love in all the wrong places. We just need to, to recognize that we're doing it wrong. Repentance is actually just to think things differently, to name that, to recognize that God, I've, I've done things this way. It's not bringing about life and hope and meaning. God, I give this to you. So just release those things, ask for forgiveness. And then just ask that God would help you to experience the love of God and the deepest part of who you are. And just spend a few minutes just enjoying that, experiencing that, noticing if your heart feels like it's coming alive. People describe it in all kinds of different ways. And you can do this like each and every day. As followers of Jesus, this isn't something we do one time. This is actually an ongoing thing where we make space to be with Jesus. And over time, as we learn more, we actually become more like him. We take on his character and nature, which is actually life-giving and good. And then we get to do the things that he would have us to do as we live life to serve other people and to care for other people and to help show them the way of Jesus. But if it's your first time praying like this, I just want to welcome you to the family. Like, well, it's so good to, to have you part of the family. I want you to connect. Hopefully, 
with a church family, you can reach out to us at Aaron at pinehillschurch.org and we can talk about next steps. Or if you're not local here to Bend, like find a faith community that you can be a part of and learn to grow into the way of Jesus. And if it's been a while since you've prayed something like this and you felt something shift in your spirit back to the love of God, and you need someone to follow up with you about that, to talk to you about that, then reach out to us as well, Aaron at pinehillschurch.org. And everyone else, let's make it our daily rhythm to continue to strive to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do the things that Jesus did. But I just want to thank you for listening to this first podcast in our basics series. I hope that you continue to follow along with the podcast as we continue to have conversations that we think are absolutely necessary in our apprenticeship to Jesus. And wherever you're at in the journey, let's do it together. You are welcome. You are wanted and you are very loved. And we're going to see you hopefully in the next episode. Have a great day, everybody. Mm -hmm.